What's up, guys? It's Mickey, and welcome back to Blank Canvas this week. And let's jump straight into it. So I've been seeing these posts on IG and over half of them from Twitter. So you've probably seen them on Twitter, too. Uh, basically, two girlfriends going out, but one friend brings a, their man. And the friend calling out her friend's man for not being willing to pay for her meal, drink, whatever. Um... I think that's weird. I think that's a major form of self-entitlement. And nobody owes us anything in life, but especially not your friend's man. Now, if the man was to choose to pay for the friend himself, okay, that's just a blessing. Like, it's not a requirement. It's just a kind act, a kind deed. It's not a full-on requirement for the man to pay for the friend like I think that's a it's not necessarily weird if he chooses to do it it's weird that the friend herself thinks it should be a requirement like first of all if you need a man just to pay for you that bad then bring a boo thing bring a boyfriend bring your husband bring your man in any form of capacity uh bring a brother bring a cousin bring your father like uncle I don't care anybody but her her man if you just desire it that bad to have a man to pay for your meal these girls are being so disrespectful they are saying like oh my god he is a bum he's this he's a bad man honestly I just think um these women have bad friends and at this point drop the friend not the man and um move on because your man is clearly doing for you and if he chooses to do for your friend as well that's a nice thing, but it should not be required at any point, and especially not every single time. Like, dang, girl, get your own man, and if this is a desire that you have this bad for yourself, you know what I mean? Next thing I saw is on The Real, they were discussing the topic of are divorce parties appropriate? Now, I think that divorce parties aren't a bad thing. And they were saying how, of course, you shouldn't have the kids around. And I'm thinking like, duh, why would you have the kids around at your divorce party? Because nine times out of 10, if you have kids with your ex-partner, it's their parents still. So of course, it's not going to be appropriate for them to be there. Like, you don't want them to think like, oh, I'm so happy to leave your other parent. It's not that. I'm just happy that this is ending. And for whatever reason that it is ending it's it's your right it's your prerogative and you should be able to celebrate it without judgment now um I like the way Jeannie Mai the one who is currently married to Jeezy the way she looked at it she had a divorce party but she said hers wasn't necessarily like I'm literally celebrating my divorce it was more like I'm celebrating the new sorry guys that's a husky I'm celebrating this new chapter in my life I'm celebrating this new me I'm celebrating all the things to look forward to yes this divorce was an ending but it's not the end and there are still so many things to look forward to in life and new chapters to explore and I like that idea and it literally had me questioning um should we celebrate different seasons ending more in life and do we give ourselves as human beings really time to sit and reflect or are we so quick to 
um, move on to the next thing? Like, is life going so much that we may overcome something, but we don't sit down and really reflect and analyze what we have just survived? And whether it's a divorce, whether it's maybe you just had a depressive episode, or maybe you had a really bad panic attack the other day, whether it's big or small, do we really sit down and just be like, like, I'm self, I'm proud of you good job on overcoming this and you are strong you are brave and just good for you go girl good for you and we're back guys sorry we had to take a mini husky break but the whole point that I was saying is sometimes I think we as humans we don't celebrate even our small wins or just you know, it's easy to celebrate the happy moments in life, but I don't think we really give ourselves credit for overcoming the dark times and whether the dark time lasted for a day or it lasted for a couple of years, I think we should celebrate them. We don't necessarily have to celebrate um, the ending of something, but sometimes there's beauty in even endings. We look at endings as such a sorrow or bad thing. But endings, there is a time and a season for everything, and endings allow new things to begin, new chapters to happen, new books to happen. Um, And there is beauty within that, too. There is beauty with um, an end date because it makes you appreciate what you have a little more to know that it's not going to always be around or it can be taken from you at any moment. As scary as it is, it's also something as beautiful as it is you you have a newfound gratefulness and appreciation for it, I think. So it just made me think that we as humans, we should slow down enough to be able to acknowledge ourselves, our strength, our courage, our wisdom um, on how we got out of the situation, we survived a situation, or just the beauty and things ending in life and seasons changing. Now, I struggle with change um, majorly. I don't really like it. I kind of like consistent routine. Well, I will say there are certain points in my life where I do like change. Like sometimes if the routine is the same too much, then I want to change in routine, but I still want it on routine, (laughs) if that makes sense. And I've, uh, struggled with change so much to where when I was younger, my mom made me read the book, Who Moved the Cheese? And I'm so grateful for it. They make an adult version, guys, and a kid's version. So if you have children, get it for your kids because it will help them Um, just learn the concept of dealing with change in general. And I consistently read it. I've been reading it since I was a child. And when I have new transitions in life or I'm getting ready to start maybe a new job or a new task or anything, I have to read Who Moved the Cheese. I know that sounds so bad since I've read it so many times, but I still struggle with change. And I read it it puts things into perspective for me. And I'm just like, oh yeah. And just remembering that there is a season for everything in life and nothing is guaranteed, nothing is promised. And um, it's okay to see the beauty in end dates. It's okay to see the beauty in things ending. And I think we should all slow down enough just to reflect and be like, wow, I've overcome this. I'm proud of me self. I'm proud of me. Um, Humble brag, like go you, whether man, female, whatever, child, adult, go you. Because some things that people send to break you and that life will send to try to crush you, you survive it. And I don't think it's a small feat at all. And I think we should celebrate even those moments. Another thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is the fact that we never really know what someone is going through. So 
on the reel, they were discussing um, things that they didn't know about each other or whatever. And Adrian Bylon Houghton, I think that's how you say her last name, but Adrian from the Cheetah Girls, she is on the reel and she was explaining how before they would come out, uh, at the beginning of the show when the theme song would play or whatever, she would have these massive anxiety and panic attacks and over half of her co-hosts never knew. Um, and the show has been on for like seven seasons, seven or eight seasons. I'm not really sure, but for a while now and they had no idea. And of course, as an audience member, well, I was never in the audience as a viewer, I couldn't tell either. And I know they can edit all this stuff out or whatever, but I could never tell. She used to be like she was shaking. Like um, you could, Lonnie said that sometimes she would sit next to her on the table and you can feel that nervous energy. And it would be so point that where they would, you know, call the doctor a couple of times to set. But when you see her, she's always so bubbly and happy and she's doing her job so well and eloquently that you cannot tell that she is struggling with anxiety or her nerves or just having a full-blown panic attack right before she had to read the teleprompter or talk about certain things or anything. And it made me just think about how we never really know what someone is going through and how we should all just be more cautious. It's really kind of eye-opening to me because just think about when you're sitting next to somebody on a bench or you're walking past somebody in the store or a hallway or something down the street. You never know what that person is going through. They could have just smiled, said hello. You could have had a whole conversation with a human being and you have no idea that their hearts are broken, their world. And I'm not... (laughs) I hope this isn't the case for everybody. Everybody you you speak to who has a smile on their face aren't secretly depressed. But I'm saying the fact that there is a possibility is just, um, it's very eye-opening to me. And it makes me think, I try to just be self-reflective of like, okay, try to be a good person. Try to be a good person, Mickey. Try to not be so quick to judge and slow to anger because, their reaction, they may be snippy or snappy, but maybe they're just going through a lot in life and they're not talking about it or they're talking about it to people that they trust or whatever, but they're not just going to tell the average Joe like, hey, this is what I'm going through the day. Most people were just going to get up. We're going to go to work. We're going to go to school. We're going to interact with family, friends, coworkers, whoever we have to deal with. And we're just going to like life keeps going, whether we feel sad or angry or anything when we have those negative and bad feelings you know life is still happening around us and a lot of times we have to suck it up and we have to push through them but I just say that to it really made me think like wow you never really know what someone's going through and including myself we should just all like try to remember that like that is my goal to try to remember have that stuck in the back of my head and not in the back where I don't use it, but literally always in the back of my head, like, okay, before I approach this person, before I try to, um, maybe before I even give advice or just interact with this person, whether they give me good vibes or bad vibes, because even the ones who I said earlier can have a smile on their face. You never know that they're also holding the weight of the world on them. I want to try to be more cautious in my reaction, my words, and just even remember to just check in on your strong friend. I would be an example of a strong friend. And I've been seeing this a lot now. Um, like hashtag check in on your strong friend because people are realizing that 
whoa, um, for some reason, we thought that strong friends didn't need to be checked in on. We thought that, hey, they're strong. They can handle every single thing by themselves. But that's just not the case. They cannot. Um, we cannot. <laughs> um, we need people to check in on us. We need people to be like, hey, are you good? We need people to kind of take us out of our dark moments because we still have dark moments because we're human as well. And like I always say, I do appreciate the people who check in on me, who not just like not just my mental in every aspect or who just give me a safe place to talk and no judgment and just to really allow me to be me. And I think every single human being, whether they are the strong friend or not, and if you're not the quote unquote strong friend that everybody kind of dumps on you for, it doesn't mean you're weak. You know, some people can just handle their crap and other people's crap a lot better. But it doesn't, I don't want anybody who's listening to this to be like, nobody comes to me with their problems. It's a blessing and a curse being the strong friend. Because like I just said, you have your stuff to deal with on top of everybody else um, piling their stuff. And even though you can handle it, it's still, you know, double dosage of problems. And then if it's from somebody that you care about, you're internalizing their problems on top of most of the time, the strong friend doesn't even get to their problems because they're always being strong for other people. And I've had so many moments in my life like this where I'll be like, okay, I don't have time to fall apart right now because everything else and everyone around me is falling apart. That if I was to fall apart too, who the hell is going to pick any of us up? So I've definitely had those moments. That's why I always say I do appreciate the times where people have been there for me. I don't take them for granted at all because some people have no one to be there there for them. Now, of course, God is always there, but sometimes you want a human being that can you can hear their voice and hear an opinion instantly, and hopefully it's the right one to help you um, just get through the moment and get through the time, and everybody doesn't have that. So I don't take for granted the people in my corner who pray for me, who speak life into me, who let me cry um, in front of them, who let me be angry in front of them, who let me be vulnerable. I think every human being on this earth needs that. And I pray that if you don't have it, that you find it really, really soon and that they are genuinely for you. And um, it's not something fake or made up, honestly. And also I noticed like about just about being the strong friend, I noticed for me, if I'm becoming a lot more snippy with things, and it could be simple things in life, like if I find myself a lot more snippy, uh, it's a red flag for me. Like, okay, there is either something very specific going on in your life that's making you snappy, or there's an area, whether it's personality or just different things, there's an area in your life, girl, that you need to check and you need to deal with because it's now oozing out and like snappiness, snippiness, and depending on how bad it is, it could be anger in like other ways, or you're just basically bleeding on people who did not cut you. It is not fair to them. Um, and it's just, it's a reminder for me to check in with myself and check in and all reflect on my life. Like where is something off that's making me off and making me off in situations where I clearly should be happy or I should be at peace or, you know, I'm usually happy around this person. Why am I being so mean to them? And I know everybody goes through things and we have to give grace for each other, but I don't ever want to take advantage of the grace that people give 
and um, because I don't want to take advantage of the grace that God gives us. And so I want to do, I want to reflect that same behavior to human beings too, because again, humans are human and they have bad days. And just because somebody is always there for you, it doesn't mean, and that they're always nice and that they're good for you. Like, it doesn't mean we should take advantage of our people's love and grace just because it's possible. You know what I mean? If anything, it should make us value that grace and love that they extend to us even more to appreciate it, not want to take advantage of it and just really be thankful and grateful that they are good for us, to us, and allow us to be um, the best versions of us at all times, whether we show some dark moments or not. And I want to try to be that for not only my people, but just human beings in general. Like we'd be surprised how far a small act of kindness can go because we're so used to people being so mean and evil in this world that when somebody, I read something or somebody tells me that somebody did something that was like rude, I'm not, I'm like, I'm so numb to it because I'm so accustomed to hearing stories like that. But it's like the kind deeds, you know, we share and we're like, oh, there are still good people in this world. It's almost like a culture shock. Like there are still good people. Yes, guys, there are still good people. And I think we should share um, the kind moments more. We should share the good things that people do more. That way we see it. It's in the front of our brain and it's not consistent negativity and it doesn't make us jaded to the world or human beings in general and I think because if we become too jaded to the world and human beings we lose that love and grace that we have which is a necessity in relationship with um, human beings and that we need with each other also something that I know that when I am being um, really snappy and stuff or I'm going through dark times, things that help pull me out of the dark times or help me to check me to kind of reground and recenter me really quick is gratitude. Finding things to be grateful for quickly reshifts my brain to be like, okay, because nine times out of 10, what I'm focusing on negative is either a lack thereof or um, I haven't gotten something that I desire. So first of all, let me take my ego and myself out of this. Second of all, let me remember the things that I have that I need to, that I can, and that I need to be grateful for, you know, because a lot of the things that I have now are things that I used to cry about and pray to God, like, why don't I have and this and that and God, please bless me with this or God, please help me with this and blah, blah, blah. I really, really desire this. And these are things that I have, but it's to the point where I've gotten so accustomed to having that I think sometime you can miss the fact that number one, you still have them. And number two, this is something that you used to pray for. This is something that you used to heavily desire and you are blessed to be in the presence of it. You are blessed to have it. And just finding things to be grateful for just helps me retrain my brain and recenter in a positive way, in a grateful way. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude is so major and so healing because it just, I don't know, it for me, it shifts the perspective to just be really appreciative, remember, focus. It helps me shift my mind and see all the things that I do have. And it reminds me that things could always be so much worse. And um, I should just really, you know, be grateful. 
And the last thing that I want to talk about is um, this week I watched a sermon that was talking about making an idol of time. Now, at, in the Christian perspective, a lot of times, and I'm not speaking for every Christian because clearly I cannot, but I know a lot of times we will think like idols only being like worshiping other gods or um, maybe putting a human being before God and worshiping them in a sense um, or giving them more love and authority than we give God. And those are what we think of as idols. But Pastor Robert Madu, he does an excellent job always of breaking down idols, how it can be anything. Idols can be money. Idols can be time. Idols can be so many things. And when he was breaking down time this week, oh my God, it just hit me in my core because I was like, I definitely am a person who makes time an idol in my heart at different stages in my life. And more, unfortunately, more often than not, because it's not to say that I won't trust God to do what he does or do what he do, but it's like, if it doesn't happen in my season, in my time, I'm like, okay, God, where you at? Like, yeah, I trust you to do it, but can you do it a little quicker? Or this is taking too long. Am I officially losing my trust in what you do? And like, basically, it just convicted me to check myself. And I, as we all know, I'm a control freak. So when things aren't done within a certain time or a time that I think that um is appropriate for me or maybe what other people will look at as appropriate, because a lot of times... For me, I can't really speak for anyone else. If I want things done in a certain time, depending on what it is, and I'm like questioning God, like, okay, like God, hasn't it been long enough? It's really because I'm just tired of hearing other people talk about it. And I know that I'm going to hear the human mouth on why isn't this done then? Why are you not here in life at this point? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I want to shut them up just so I don't have to deal with it. So because I want to shut a human voice up, I go to God and I'd be like, yo, where you at? This is taking too long. This is um, this is not going fast enough. I need you to speed up because I'm tired of hearing other human voices. And it just checked me. Like, first of all, who the hell am I to rush God? Second of all, his timing is the perfect timing. Transformation Church, we know this term so well. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Pace of grace. Going in the pace of grace, God's timing is his kindness. It is his kindness because if we receive things that we think that we wanted, we'd find out the truth about them. And if we receive them before we were able to handle certain things, they would crush us. They would destroy us. So his timing and being in his pace of grace is his kindness. And you know, that just really convicted me. And I just wanted to share that. So I have to work on that, guys. I have to work on making um, time not being idle. And again, there are so many things besides just worshiping other gods. And uh, it's things you wouldn't even think about that we've made an idol. And we're like, there's no way I've made that an idol, you know, but we have. And time is one for me. So that's something else that I have to work on. And I just thought I would share that with you guys to let you know that if there is somebody else who's made time an idol, I'm going to work on it with you so we can be better people and so we can just not have that be a thing. Plus, I just don't want to be controlled by time like that. The same way I don't want to be controlled by like money and um, overwhelmed with emotions and all that kind of stuff. Not saying that emotions are bad, but saying being I 
saw this quote one time that said, if you are so easily overwhelmed and controlled by your emotions, somebody can use that to manipulate you at any point. And I just thought, wow, that's major. So when I say I don't want to be controlled by emotions, it doesn't mean that I don't want to feel my emotions at all. I clearly do. And it's clearly a necessity, but I don't want to be controlled by them. I want to be able to feel them, process them in the right manner and then move on. Like I don't want my emotions to control me and dictate how I'm living my life. And again, we're human. So if you have moments where they have controlled you, that's cool. You know, acknowledge that moment, say I could have done better here in this area. And then when the opportunity presents itself, just do better the next time. You know, one final thing that just came to me as I was speaking on that is sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. Like if something goes wrong in life, we're like, oh my God, I could have done this, 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 and this. It's me, 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 me. We have to forgive, learn to forgive ourselves the same way we ha- they're always telling us to forgive others. Sometimes it starts with just forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for ignoring red flags, forgive yourself for if you are in a position in life that you don't necessarily want to be in or even if it's something as small as you had a sin reaction that you typically wouldn't have or that maybe you took typically would have, but you're working so hard to not have those reactions again. Let's forgive ourselves. Let's take the burden off of us. And that doesn't mean not have any accountability for it. Always, always have accountability for your actions, including me, but it doesn't mean we have to be weighed down by it. It's like we have not everybody, but some people have accountability for it. And then it's like putting yourself through it twice again, because you're like, but I could have done so much better. Okay, shoulda, coulda, woulda, moment's over. Let's move forward. Let's not get stuck in it. And if you acknowledge that you could have done better when the opportunity comes up, just do better, all right? Like we all have those moments. Let's learn to forgive ourselves and it will be not only so freeing for us, but others around us. And then it will help us when it comes to forgiving others. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to Blank Canvas this week. I appreciate every single one of you who take time out of your day to listen um, week in and week out or whenever I drop an episode. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate all the people who listen in states and all over the world. Thank you for being so willing to be a part of the BK family. And thank you guys for loving me and giving me the grace and allowing me the space and the platform to be vulnerable. And I hope that you guys are willing to share your stories and be just and feel like this is a safe place for you to be vulnerable as well remember if you're a part of the bk family we're all growing and learning to just be better human beings love each other a little harder and try to understand each other a little better um remember to take it easy on yourselves as guys we there's always something consistently happening in life do not be too hard on yourself you deserve a break and you deserve to celebrate the moments that you have overcome big or little and let's remember that someone is I mean if life is always happening it's happening to all of us you know it rains on the just and unjust so try to either do an act of kindness this week that would be nice it doesn't always have to include money to be nice maybe just say hi and even a simple hi can make somebody's day and I'm gonna try to do um five acts of kindness this week so yeah you guys try to do that too well you don't have to do five maybe just one I'm just trying to you know do five make myself a good person i'm just kidding but as always thanks for tuning in and i can't wait to see what we talk about next time guys all right bye